Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. We want to celebrate all the ladies uh, today. And one way we want to do that, we can give you gifts and a lot of good things. But guess what? The gift card's only going to last so long. It's going to be here and gone that quick, right? Uh, but we want to give you something that's going to uh, give you rest for your soul today. That's going to feed you spiritually. Yeah, there, there, there might be some gift cards. Actually, there's no food gift cards. There's some chocolate in the one bag. And that might feed you and make you feel good for a moment. But we want to give something that's going to feed your soul today. Something that we believe God wants to speak to you today. So to help us do that, you know, I, I could certainly come up here and speak. I love to speak. And I, I could uh, probably do a good job of doing that on Mother's Day. But I would rather uh, get a lady that I feel like is going to hear from the Lord and be able to, to, to really bless the ladies. But really everybody in the room today. And, and we've asked Ms. Courtney Tinsley to come up and share the word. As our very important. Uh, And in that time, they bond and they nurture and things like that. And so there's a thing about a mama 
that nothing can take the place. No best friend, no dad. Dads can try and sometimes do a really, really good job, but they can't replace a mama. And so through growing up, six years I went through with my mom died when I was eight, my dad died when I was 14, and I was very broken. And I did some really stupid stuff, which you do when you're broken, right? And even as a little girl, my mom loved Jesus. She died of cancer. Um, and when she was in the hospital getting chemo treatments and different things, she would pray for her nurses. She's dying and she's praying for them, right? She would pray for them and she would tell them, please read the Bible to me because I'm just, just too weak and can't do it. And this is by things that people have told me, so I forgive you that I get to this on my own. But these are stories that people would tell me as I was growing up. And so my mom being grounded in the Lord, even being so sick, but still grounded, and even hoping and praying for a miracle of a healing, she would, we would worship at home, right? I have a story in one of my little books that my mom wrote for me, or did for us. Um, she had pictures on it, and what our favorite was for the year, and our report cards, and stuff like that. And one of them on there was that I loved to worship, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but we, apparently we would walk around the house, or I would walk around the house singing. So going through this time with my mom, um, raising us while, you know, we were very young, obviously, we had her. She was still a nurturer even when she was sick and down, which is what we do, right? We get the flu, what do we do? We nurture our babies. We even nurture our husbands and sometimes cuddle them too much and it drives them crazy. <laughs> You're not my mom! Yeah, I am for this time. <laughs> You're sick, I have the baby. And so as we go through life, moms and dads, they take the time to spend with you. They take the time to teach you right from all. They take the time to teach you how to love. They take the time to teach you when someone has hurt you, what do you do? Or that's what we should be doing, right? But through this time of not having a mom, I grabbed for anything. And I heard a heart hurt. And it's literally been until the last, I would say, four to five years that God began to heal my heart in places that I didn't even know was broken. And as I walked through these places, I thought, Lord, I never knew that I could feel better. I never, I always thought I would feel sad on Mother's Day. I always thought that as I thought of my mom, so I wasn't allowed to talk about my mom. My dad, I was not allowed to sing after my mom died, and I was not allowed to talk about my mom after my mom died. And so I don't have very many memories because memories stay alive by talking about it, right? That's how you remember them. And so those things would bother me, and I would think, that's just not fair, I don't have it. But I began to realize that even though we go through difficult places, Jesus wants you to see he's your refuge, right? He wants you to see that he is your answer. He wants you to see that no matter how your heart feels, the Bible says that he's near to the brokenhearted. And so I want to tell you today, there are some who are going through very difficult moments. You're going through life without a mama. You may be older, you may be younger. It doesn't matter. Your heart still hurts. And so I want to tell you today that Jesus wants to bring you peace and he wants to bring you strength. That's what he came to do. But that's not what, what my message is about. <laughs> um, so my message is called Stand and See a Victory, which I thought was super awesome for worship. Like, y'all were right on it. I'm like, they're still in my message. It's not fair. Um, but I want to start out with a story after talking all about myself about a lady named J.L. in the Bible. I don't know if any of you guys know that Bible story. It's pretty quick. Uh, she's only mentioned very few times. But it's a powerful message because I feel like it's a picture of who we are. 
as a people, not just as a woman. So um, backstory a little bit. As you know, the Israelites went to war a lot, right? And so Deborah was a woman who was a judge at this time. God had raised her up. She was a judge, and she went and told this gentleman, Barak, um, you are going to go to war, and you're going to win the battle, and I need you to go. God says go, right? And um, he says, oh, I can't go. You've got to go with me. Right? A man, I don't want to go to war with them. It's crazy, I think. And women also didn't go to the battlefield. Women stayed home to what? Raise children. They lived basically like in little tents. <laughs> they didn't have these big houses to clean, but they had a lot of work to do. They brought in um, the wood probably for fires and everything, so they were very strong women. So Barak and Deborah go, right, to fight this army of Canaan because they were going to conquer this land, this army to get this land. And because Barak did not go as the man, but he wanted uh, uh, Deborah to go with him, the Lord spoke and said, because you won't go without her, basically, a woman basically get the glory for this. And so it goes further down to say that there's a woman named Jael, and the commander named Sisera of the Canaanite army, he runs to... Um, this area where they obviously were living, and JL stands outside of her tent, and she lures him in. I want you to get this picture in your head. It, to me, it's just wild. But she lures him in, and as she lures him in, he comes into her tent, she gives him milk, because apparently hot milk makes you sleepy. I hate milk, so I don't know what. Milk, maybe warm milk, um, she gave him, and he was asleep. And so this woman takes a tin peg and a hammer while he's sleeping, and she jacks it in his temple, and she immediately kills him. Now, it sounds like a really gruesome story, so I'm sorry if it is kind of gross. But the way I want to make it look to you is that we as people, we are not meant to accept the enemy and defeat. We are not made to be defeated. We are made to be victorious, which is why Jesus came and shed his blood. Not to lay down and take it, okay? So she could have came in and let him sleep, and he could have done whatever when he got up. He, had it. he couldn't kill her. But she took him out. And so the picture I want you to see in that is you are meant to take the enemy out. You are not meant to let him in to sit and dine with you, okay? I don't mean to go outside and be like, come on, devil. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says he'll raise up a banner. He'll raise up a standard, right, on your behalf, on our behalf. And so as we go through life, there are things that we have to do and we have to understand that we have an authority in Jesus. He is your authority. It's not by you. It's not anything you do. It's him in you, right? Because Jesus came. He came as a man. And he was fully man and fully God. And he did miracles. He healed people. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. He healed the lame. He healed the mute. He healed the dumb. Right? We saw all these things when we read the word. We see all of these things happening. And he wants to do that in us too. But we are so busy, and I hate to say this because I hate people talking about America, but we are lazy people in America. We do not have to go through the things that other countries do. When we went to Guatemala a few years ago, women are carrying stuff on their head. I'm like, my God, I would be on my knees, like trying to 
trying to carry the sticks. But they use that to cook. They don't have like what we have. They have this makeshift stove where they have it in the ground, right, with rocks and wood, and they light it on fire, and, and that's what they cook over. But these women, they're carrying babies on their backs, and they're picking up wood. Like, we go through so much, and I am thankful to be in America. I am thankful. I'm not in any way putting down America. But we have to understand something. The enemy is as real in America as he is in other countries. The demonic influence that we face is just as real. But somehow we've been able to mask it. When you go to another country and somebody usually is demon possessed, you can look at them and be like, ooh, that is all over you, right? But in America, we drink it. We peel it, right? We smoke it away. And then we mask this junk that we're living so that no one can see it. You see, in other countries, a lot of people don't have that. They don't. They have the drugs, but they got to have money to get the drugs, right? And they're poor. We are very wealthy, not just in this country for money, but for Jesus, you guys. We have so many forefathers, men and women, that have came and paved the way for what we now know as our walk with Jesus. They have given us devotionals. They have given us so many things. And we sit back and we want to be fed. We sit back and we say, will you, will you, will you tell me, how, how did you get that? Will you, will you tell me how to get through this? Will you tell me how to, how to walk through this day? I'm having a bad day. And not that, not that we don't have bad days and we're like, oh my God, how do we get through this? Not that we don't have bad days. We do. But there is a Jesus that has come to set us free. And just like this morning, even in worship and the altar, I mean, he wants to do that and more, y'all. He wants, he wants us to lay, on, lay our hands on people and they be healed. He wants right here to show the eyes being open and people to see. I'm sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> so sorry. Um, he wants to heal people. He wants to set people free. There are things in people that you have opened up doors. There's things that are even in your generational bloodlines. That's like a long, another whole sermon. But there are things in your generational bloodlines, witches and drug addicts and alcoholics and pornography and all this stuff. And it wants to take a hold of you and it wants to keep you. So what does the enemy do? He puts those things in your way, right? Oh, it's okay to be like this. Nobody will see it when I go behind those doors. And then he starts destroying your life. He wants us also to see things that our parents did, maybe that weren't right. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were verbally abused. Maybe you were physically abused. Maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe you felt like you were abandoned. But all those things he wants to take from your heart and he wants to heal you. And he wants to give you an authority. So I want to speak to you today about your authority. You see, Jesus... When we speak the name Jesus, it says that the demons flee, right? And I want to tell you, I had a dream this morning. I've been up since 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock this morning. I had a dream, and I was in this vehicle, and I guess this guy was a boyfriend. He was on the like this never happened, but he was a boyfriend that I had. And he came and he kidnapped Zach and I. And he was going to kill us. And I knew in my heart he was going to kill us. And I kept thinking all kinds of ways that I could get away from him. But because of that being black and they were all white, they were always basically torment him. But because of the gifts that God gives me, 
I could sense what they were going to do. Like I knew what they were going to do. And I, all I could think of was, if I dial 911 and leave my phone on, because somehow I had my phone. Um, if I dial 911, they'll hear me, right? And I can just start like saying weird stuff. Where are we at? Oh, we're at this room. You know, you think of stupid stuff, I think, in your dreams. But, and as I began, I was laying there, and I could feel my body literally just in a sweat. And fear gripped me. And I woke up and I said, no, sir. No, sir. I don't know who this word is for today, but it is for somebody. And I will not, because I have almost bowed out almost every day this week. I have literally had to tell myself, you are called. You are chosen. God has given you things that you have to do, and you're going to do it. And I've had to remind myself. And so even in the morning, right? Even in the morning, the enemy is like, no, you're not going to. I'm like, no. And Zach actually woke up. I was like pleading the blood of Jesus and praying in tongues. And I finally said, fear, I will not accept you. You have to go. In the name of Jesus. And I would shut my eyes and the dream would be back. And I'd say, nope. And again, Zach would be like, are you okay? No, I'm fighting the devil. Fight with me. <laughs> Literally, come on. Um, and so I began to pray again and, and plead the blood of Jesus and just rebuke me. I will not fight with you. I don't have to fight with you because the victory has already been won. He already paid the price. His spirit of fear, go in the name of Jesus. Because I will get up and I will get dressed and I will come. I will come. And I will speak what the Lord has me to say. And so what he has me to tell you is that you have authority. See, from the very beginning, the enemy has been ticked off because he knew. He knew that he only had a time. And so he brought deception, even through Eve and Adam, very, very beginning, he brought deception, right? Eat that fruit. I'm not going to call it an apple, because it might not have been an apple. Eat that fruit, it's okay. Did God really say that to you? What does he do? Come on, y'all, just believe this way. It's okay. Maybe one day you'll find out. Come on, just do this for a little while. It's okay. Nobody will see you. Same game, just a different day different people. Okay? Same thing. So the enemy knows. And the other thing is, is that the enemy, and I'm not giving him glory by any means, but the enemy, he knows your generation. He has studied you. He has studied your mama. He has studied your daddy. He has studied your grandmama and granddaddy. He knows. If there were curses over their lives, guess what? He wants to take you with the same thing. And you literally have to be determined to say, Lord, I ask you to sever this curse in the name of Jesus. I want to be a new generation. I want to do different things. I don't want to live like they did. I don't want to do the same things. They might have been a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God. But you know what? There were still things probably that they faced. Because many people, many people, even back in the older days, things were brushed under the carpet, right? If you were molested or raped by a family member, it was, shh, don't tell nobody. Nobody needs to know what went on in this house. And what does the enemy do? He torments you. Again, the deception, just like from the beginning. I'm going to hold you down. But Jesus said, no. No. I call you. I call you. I call you. I bled for you. I died for you. I did it for you to have life and have life abundantly. I did it for you to have the authority that when you speak my name, my name, the devil trembles. The demons tremble. That's what Jesus does. 
So our first step to authority and to see a victory in your life, to see a, a victory in things that you're walking through, is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, I know a lot of you already have done that. And I want to tell you, those who have not accepted Him as your Savior, I plead with you to do that. Whether you're young, whether you're older and you're here just visiting with someone, because this life is way too hard. And you cannot tell me you had a bed of roses of a life because nobody has. If your childhood was perfect, growing up as an adult is not. And then having babies and them growing up is not. Okay? So to act like life is perfect and you're smiling and you're faking it, it's not real. So to receive your authority, you need Jesus. Because there's a story even, I'm going to leave this out, but I kind of left it my notes in this later on in there, but there's a story of these um, seven sons of Sceva, and um, they thought they were going to go do this cast out demons. They got the crap out of them. Okay? And I say that for an example of if you don't have Jesus, don't mess with the enemy because he will take you out. He will take you out. It's not a game. Okay? The fight with the enemy is not a game. And I would never tell you to go home and be like, devil, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Let's go to battle. I've actually heard a story where people did that, and they were Christians, but they had no idea the door they had just opened. Okay? So we know that Jesus, the only way to begin your victory is they walk with Jesus. So as you go through these things and you go through life, whether you're a teenager or whether you're an older adult, Whoever you are, Jesus is going to be your answer. I gave my heart to Jesus that I remember. I probably was a little girl when my mom was alive. But at 14 years old, I gave my heart back to Jesus. And I got baptized. And my life was forever changed. There was just something. I could not, when my dad was alive, I often don't go to church with people that they would take us to their church. So I've been to Baptist and Pentecostal. Never been to the other stuff. But, um, and I just wanted to live for Jesus, but it was like I didn't know how. I didn't know how. I didn't know what it looked like. And so I would go to church, and then I would go back home and do the same stuff over and over and over and over and over, right? And then I would go back to church on a Wednesday night and be like, yeah, I'm really bad, but I'm here. <laughs> kind of put my head down and walk in the room. At 14, when Jesus saved me, there was just something that clicked. And I realized that to draw near to him, it was going to have to be daily, right? I was so broken. I was so broken. I just wanted to be loved. I wanted someone to accept me. Boys accept you, obviously, when you're a girl. You do stupid stuff. And I just want to say this, sign note, really quick. Girls that are in high school, boys that are in high school, it's okay to be pure. It's okay to be pure. Because if someone makes fun of you, let it roll off. In high school, I was made fun of. I actually had a crush on this guy, and I really went down. Some stupid reason. He was a soccer player, and he would not date me unless I did something with him. And I was like, "You're out of here," because again, when something happens, when Jesus saves you, you don't want that stuff anymore, right? There's going to be drugs that flow to you at school. There's going to be nonsense, right? We, Jen and I were at the pool yesterday and these girls really broke my heart. I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years old, they were cussing and fussing and 
hanging out with these boys, mom and dad, nowhere to be found. Parents, watch your kids. I'm not saying control them, watch your kids. And if your kids tell you that they believe in Jesus and that he is their savior, train them up. Teach them how to do it. Have your Bible time. Have your prayer time. If you can't do it every day, try to do it at least a couple days a week. Try. Pray with them. Because when they hear you pray, that teaches them how to pray. When they see you read the Bible, even read it out loud to them. Sometimes they're not going to want to read it with you. Read it to them. Read it to them. It's important. But when we walk with Jesus from a young age or however old you are, it takes a commitment. Just like it takes a commitment to a spouse, it takes a commitment. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. You may say things you shouldn't. You may think things that you shouldn't. Where do the words start? In here. Where do your actions start? In here. See, the enemy wants to take your mind. What are all of these things with anxiety? Right? We know anxiety kind of comes up and you feel it in your chest, but where do the thoughts start? Here. See, the enemy wants to take out your mind. But as you begin to walk with Jesus, you can begin to declare to yourself, I will not listen to you, devil. In the name of Jesus, I will not listen to the words that you speak to me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. The next step in receiving your authority and seeing a victory in your life is to forgive. Now this one hurts. This one hurts. Because we know when we walk with Jesus, there's things we have to lay down, right? Sinful things, not that we're never going to sin, but things that we definitely should not do. Forgiveness is huge. Because what happens is you're abused, you're beat up, right? Things have been said to you, you're broken. And those people who did it to you, they're holding you captive. You just don't realize it. You're mad at them, they think they're thinking about you. They're not thinking about you. But you know what's on your mind? The things they've done to you over and over and over. How did they do that to me? Is that really fair that they treated me like that? Is that really fair that my parents weren't there for me? Is that really fair that my mom was with a different man every week? Is that really fair that my dad was with a different person every week and he brought this person home and she did this to me or my mom did it and this man did this to me? It's not fair. But life isn't fair, right? And it's not fair. We live in a world of sin that is a corrupting world because the enemy has full reign to do what he wants for a time. But we have to forgive. And so we have to go through these things. I choose to forgive. I've even had to forgive my mom for dying. It sounds really crazy. But I was so angry with the fact that she left us, not by her choice, but I was so angry with the fact that she left us. How could you do this to us? Even God. I was angry with God. God, how could you do this? How could you let this happen? Why couldn't she be healed like someone else? But we don't understand sometimes why things happen. We don't have to. But we do have to know that in the word that God gives us is the truth. There is no sideline to change it. The truth is the truth is the truth, right? We don't make it what we want it to say. We don't, we don't make the word what we want it to say. The word says what it says. Okay? And the word says that we can't be forgiven if we haven't forgiven. 
Matthew 6, 14 and 15. We can't be forgiven if we have not forgiven. And so there's times, literally, even through, I'll just finish what I was going to say. There's times when I walk through things that I have to forgive again. I was molested by multiple people as a little girl, as a teenager. And I have to forgive again and forgive again because it starts playing over in my mind. Where did the thoughts come from? Out of the blue, I would think it would have to be the enemy because he wants to trick you up. And so I would have to forgive. Lord, I choose to forgive them again. And I ask you to cover this in the blood of Jesus. And I speak to these thoughts to go in Jesus' name. I will not mess with you. You have to go, right? But even this week, some, some stuff happened. I, y'all, I went through a battle. This week was a battle. Dawson can even tell you Wednesday night trying to finish this sermon. I thought, Lord, Jesus. I even tried to do a sermon like out loud and record it. I haven't even listened to it because it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Terrible, I'm telling you. Um, and he was critiquing me. He was so precious. He's like, you shouldn't say that. You should say this. So I would, I would type it in. Okay. But I say all of that to tell you that the Lord began to break things up in me that I had unforgiveness for. I had unforgiveness for. And I had to say, Lord, I choose to forgive this person for what they've done to me. I choose to forgive this person for being prejudiced against me. I choose to forgive this person for not loving me because I love them so much and I just want them to understand how much I love them. And then even in the midst of that, when we go through these battles, right, of unforgiveness, and, and the enemy will throw stuff at you constantly and trick you up, right? And Zach and I, Zach, oh, I don't know how to explain it, but I was so frustrated with him. And I literally, see, we think that somebody has to come to us and be like, I'm so sorry, I love you. Guess what? When you walk with Jesus, a lot of times you have to be the person to go to them to let that battle die and be victorious over. And so I even this week had to go and say, you know what? I love you and I forgive you. And I realized that even in my anger that I had unforgiveness for this and this and this and this. Right? Because God wants us to have a pure heart. That's part of the forgiveness piece of it. If you walk around with an ugly heart, you can wear clothes all the way down to your wrist and pants or a dress all the way down to your ankles and you can be ugly as ever in your heart. And the word says that he looks at the intentions of your heart. So if you are doing disgusting stuff to people and then you're trying to make it, oh, I didn't think it would bother them, but you know good and well you're being vindictive, you are wrong. That is a sin. Okay, so forgiveness is a huge part of having authority. Forgiveness is a huge part of seeing your life have victory. Because when you do not forgive, you open up a door, that unforgiveness door, and the enemy wants to come in and he wants to beat the holy cow out of you. And he will. And he will. He wants to beat you up. And then he wants to tell you what you're not. And then he wants to tell you how terrible of a person that you are. Right? Oh, you, you didn't forgive them. Yes, I did. But I'm going to do it again since you decided to bring their name up. Because <laughs> we are going to play with it. The next step to having authority, deeper authority, and seeing a victory is fasting. Well, this one's not funny. I don't know that any of them are really fun. But it's, it's required to walk with the Lord. And actually, you... you when you start walking in these things, it just becomes your normal, okay? So 
So fasting. So we know Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, right? And the enemy, what did he do? He came at Jesus. He came at God. <laughs> he came at Jesus. And when he starts telling him, speak in the word, right? Speak in the word to Jesus. See, that's what the enemy will do. He will begin to speak the word and he'll twist it. Just like we see all this mess going on around the world. The Bible says this. And the Bible says that. And I interpret it like this. It don't matter how you interpret it. The word is the word is the word. It's the truth all day long. You cannot make it what you want it to be. It will offend. Right? It will offend. But what fasting does just like with Jesus, you're weak. You're weak because he was human. And then the enemy came at him and started tempting him with lies. And he said, it is written. Right? It is written. And he begins to speak those things to Satan. Even to the point that he says, hey, if you do this, you know, you can jump off this cliff and call tens of thousands of angels to save you. And then he says, you know, it is written not to tempt the Lord your God. And so we see here that we know that fasting is important because if Jesus did it, he tells us to imitate him. Paul even says, imitate him. Imitate me as I imitate him. And so what fasting does, a lot of people say, oh, you can do fasting this way or you can do a fast fasting this way. Can I tell you, I know that you can fast TV and I know that you can fast Music, and I know you can fast all these things, but there is something about not having food that you will just about beat somebody else up to get it, right? Give me my hamburger, that is mine. You know you are not taking a bite because I am starving, right? We do stupid stuff when we're food. I mean, people get to fight at restaurants because they're waiting in a line. Come on, guys. So we know that our bellies, when they start speaking to us, make us do stupid things. But what fasting does is it denies your flesh, right? It denies your flesh so that spirit man can be grown up more and mature more and more and more. And so as you're fasting, you're reading the word and you're praying. You're doing some worship time. And the fasting's not easy. And if you have medical problems, I would tell you, instead of eating a moon pie, or eating a brownie with ice cream, which is my total favorite, um, put that aside and say, I'm not going to have sweets for this week. It's food. And your body actually, for not having sugar, will tell you. Because just like that hangry feeling you get from not having food, when you don't have sugar, you get that same ugly, and you get a headache, it is not fun. Kind of same with the caffeine, no caffeine thing. But find something that you can fast, whether it's sweet, whether it's your coffee, whether it's your tea. Find something that you are consuming, not with your eyes, but with your mouth or in your body, and deny your flesh. Deny your flesh that your spirit can grow and your flesh can die. Now let me warn you, when you do that, you're going to be grumpy, you're going to be moody, I mean moody. You're typically lovely, right? Loving the people and like, get away from me. Not that you should go like, hey, I'm fasting today, so if I'm grumpy, just stay away from me. No, you're not supposed to do that. You're at, the Bible actually says to not let people know you're fasting. Keep that smile on, Lord, it's hard. To 
Because I've even done it at work before, and I'm like, if this person talks to me one more time. Okay, it's, it's not good. But it's necessary. It's necessary because you will grow. But through the fast, you will a lot of times even feel something is battling, right? There's a war raging. And you're like, oh my God, I gotta quit fasting. No, press in. If you gotta go to the bathroom and say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my body, I will not. I will not walk in my feelings, because our feelings will get us all in a mess. I will not walk in my feelings, but I will walk in your strength and your grace right now. Right now in Jesus' name. And walk out of that bathroom like nothing's ever happened. <laughs> but as you do it, you will begin to grow. And as you fast, it will become a normal to you. And I will tell you, try to do it once a week. If you want to start out, try to do it once a month. Have a day that you know on the, the specific day of the month. Which, okay, I'm going to fast on the 14th this month. And then I'm going to do it next month. And then as you grow in it, start doing it every other week. And then after you do it for a while, do it once a week. You will literally see things that you struggle with begin to fall. Because that's what happens. While you're fasting, it's no fun. You're more than likely going through a battle. But as you begin to get off that fast, and even the next few days, Things just start trickling down, and you will begin to see a victory over things in your life. But it's the authority that you carry. It's the authority that you carry because it's different. As this stuff happens, that authority will grow deeper and deeper in you. And it's not that you're like Superman, right? You're going to go pound somebody or save the world. But there's the Holy Spirit is just like, it's growing in you. He's giving you more boldness. He's giving you more strength. He's giving you more understanding. The next one is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people don't believe this is real. I'm going to stand here and tell you it's very real. If you want to truly receive the authority it talked about in the Bible, and if you read the Bible, it's in there. Okay, it's for today. It's not for 2,000 years ago only. Yes, they walked in it, but so are we. If you want to walk in the authority, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so vital. Because there are times that you don't even know to pray for yourself. And as you begin to pray in the Spirit, He's interceding for you. As you're laying hands on someone and you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Because we are all given that. It's a gift. Just like salvation is a gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. And what they said, even um, the disciples... The disciples, um, sorry, my brain, my brain just went completely like, when the disciples went to the upper room, they sat and waited, right? They sat and waited. And as they waited in all this, the presence of the Holy Spirit began to come, the, whole, the counselor that was promised, they began to feel something they had never felt before. Right? They walked with Jesus. But Jesus said, I have to go, but I send someone to you. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit, he longs to talk to you. He talks to you when it's not listening. He talks to you. Many times he'll tell you to do something. Don't go that way. It'll sometimes even be like this gut feeling. I need to, I need to not do this, or I need to do that. There's many times even that people will be in a need, and the Holy Spirit will tell you. 
And if you're listening, if you have that relationship with him, you will hear him. And you can be that miracle because, see, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Okay? The Spirit of God heals people, but many times God will use you to bring someone that milk they needed because they had nothing. He will use you to go and pay that bill because they didn't have a job anymore. He will use you to go and minister to their kids because they were sick and they're tired as well. They're like, I am so exhausted. Can you just sit with them for a minute? You don't even know why you went until you get to the door. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He wants to speak to you and he wants to use you, but we have to allow him in. So when we ask him to come in, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come in. I will welcome you. I will welcome you. I welcome you. Come and sit with me. Come and dine with me. Come and love on me. I'm broken right now. There's this, this, and this going on, and I am so broken right now, and I literally just need your presence. That's what he's there for. That's what he's there for. And the next step that we are to do is to have a daily walk with Jesus. And I know I've already mentioned some of that. But when we said, see, worship can happen here and it can be amazing, it is. But there's something about sitting in your home and inviting the Holy Spirit. Who's, who, he's in you. It's Jesus in you, right? When you've asked him to come into your life, it's the Jesus in you. The Spirit of God living in you. And you say, Holy Spirit, I just want to worship today. I need to feel peace. I need strength. I'm sick. Whatever it may be, Lord, give me strength today. But as you begin to do that, and then you open up the Word, and you declare your, the Word over what it says. Go into Acts and read about what the, the disciples who became apostles did. Then you'll get fired up. Right? In your Bible time, sit and read. If you can read more than one verse, sit and read a chapter. I'm telling you, this week the Lord has rocked me, not just in the worship, but in the Word. I literally in the worship have sat, and we see this here, but as I was in worship this week, in the, in the morning while my kids were gone and just before work, I literally was weeping in the presence of God. I was like, my Lord. Lord, I have felt this in the church, but man, to be in my home and nobody can make fun of me because they didn't see me. <laughs> and if my neighbors heard me screaming and yelling, they probably thought I was crazy. But I mean, when the Holy Spirit is so strong, I don't want to stop it. I don't want to stop what he's doing because when that when that junk is welling up out of you and you're weeping, right, and you're praying so deep, like literally from your belly, and you can feel it, you're just like, oh, I just feel your presence, right? When you are feeling that, you don't want to quench that mess. Come on. I'd rather feel that's not a mess. I said that wrong. You, that feeling is so much greater than, than being in the heat of a moment that you're just feeling so overwhelmed. And it's in that time that he's pouring out his peace, and he's speaking to you, right? And he's speaking all of these things to you. Save a piece of paper and write it down. Take your phone and, Lord, tell me again. Tell me what you said. Because I want to remember your promises. I want to remember your promises. Because as you're worshiping, he's wanting to speak to you. As you're in his word, he's wanting to speak to you. But as I was reading even in Acts, like I read all over the place. This weekend, poor pastor looking at my notes. I thought, he's going to think I've lost my mind. But I was reading, trying to get together what I was going to say and 
And my devotional time was actually in the book of Acts. And the Lord kept having me go back to Acts 2. And go back and go back. And he was talking about the prophecy in Joel. Right? When Peter begins to preach and begins to give the prophecy that was given um, and written in Joel. Where he said that his spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Right? And then as we go through and the disciples begin to move about and they're telling these people around them. This Jesus that you crucified, that you crucified, because that's who they were talking to. This Jesus that you crucified, he came to save you if you'll just give your life to him. Now, these are the same guys that walked with him, and they kind of sat on the sidelines because they were scared, slapped to death. They saw him arrested, right? And they were scared, so they're like, no, I don't know that man. I don't, I don't, I didn't walk with him, right? And then they realized the, the greatness of who he was even after he was gone. That I can't help but tell somebody about this Jesus. Do you know what he did? I saw it. He laid his hands on the sick and they were healed. He cleansed, he cleansed um, you know, people that had leprosy. He cleansed people from all kinds of sicknesses. See, if the Bible recorded everything Jesus did, we wouldn't be able to hold it in our hand. They only put pieces in there. But this man, Jesus, came. But it also says in there that we are to do what he did and greater. A greater. Greater. So when we have this Jesus living inside us, and we're fighting a battle. And we're like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Yes, you are. Begin to declare over that battle in the name of Jesus. I will see a victory. In the name of Jesus, this thing does have to die. In the name of Jesus, this cancer has to be healed. In the name of Jesus, this anxiety has to go. Because it can't live in a body that resides in the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, this fight that I'm dealing with. over my kids, it has to battle. In the name of Jesus, my children will serve you. Lord, because you knew them before I did. You created them in my womb before I ever knew what they were. In the name of Jesus, this, whatever it is, has to bow. Because of the authority of Jesus Christ. And that authority, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, and you walk with him every day, and you're fasting, you're reading the word, you're worshiping in your own time, and you're not having to be prompted by your pastor to come in here and worship, you've already done it at home. You've already done it at home. So when somebody walks in the door and you see all over them depression, you don't know what they've been through, you don't know why, you may not even know their name. In the name of Jesus, I speak to that spirit. We will not believe the lies that you speak over this person anymore. You have to bow. You have to bow. This brokenness that they're walking in because of the abuse that they face. You spirit of fear that something will happen again. You have to bow. Because that's what the blood of Jesus does. Because it lives in you. The counselor that he promised, he lives in you. And then there's one more thing of the steps. And why you can come up in a minute or two. Is obedience. Obedience is hard, you guys. As you know, even with your kids, sometimes they don't want to do what you said. They sometimes don't even have a reason. Walking with Jesus is the same thing. Sometimes they'll tell you in the marketplace, 
Hey, you see that lady with the curly hair? I want you to go tell her that I love her. And then I want you to look at her and say, I don't know what you're facing right now, but I feel like you're sick. God said he wants to heal that over you right now in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not saying that you go to the store and be like, hey, lady, and get the whole store's attention. I'm sorry, I don't believe that Jesus has to work that way. Many times it will be very intimate. It will be very, very intimate that you go to someone and say, hey, I saw you over there, and I just wanted to tell you Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he has a plan for you. And all that brokenness that you're facing, Jesus wants to heal it. He wants to heal your heart. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. And he wants to use you to do that. He wants to use you to do that. You see, people think you've got to be some kind of super Christian to do things. I am not a super Christian. By no means. I'm not a super Christian. I just happen to walk with Jesus every day. And you know what? Sometimes there are days I don't get to read my Bible. There are some days I don't have worship time on my own. There are some days, honestly, I don't pray. Just going to be real with you. I would be lying to tell you I did it every single day. Because I haven't. But Jesus knows. But I will tell you that if you strive, if you strive, Lord, I want to live so much deeper in you. Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to feel your presence. Lord, I want to see you break the chains of my life. He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it in you. But we have to be willing. Some of you in here, they don't, you don't walk with Jesus, and there's something that's been prompting you. You're like, what am I feeling in here? What am I feeling? That's the Holy Spirit. And he's telling you, come on. I want relationship with you. That Jesus that they're talking about, he died for you too. He died for you too. See, it wasn't just a selected people that he did it for. Like in the Old Testament, there were selected men and sometimes women who had an authority, right, that they carried. And they could kill people, right? They could make oil, pour more out so the, the widow woman had enough and she wasn't going to die. Her and her son were going to live, right? So all these things, and they did that. And there was no one else who did it. We don't have that today. Because, see, we have, a, we have a Jesus that came, and then he sent the council, and he said, hey, Jesus came, but now he's sending the council for all of you to do what I did. All of you. So he wants to save you, those of you who don't, don't know Jesus. He wants to save you. And he wants to use you to show the love to people who are not lovable. Because that's what he called us to do, too. And when the Holy Spirit resides in you, it gets a little bit easier because you see that something made them that way. Something made them that way. They didn't just get like that. Just like you didn't just get broken on your own. They didn't get that way either. But when the Holy Spirit is welling up in you because you're walking with Him, you can't help but love people. You can't help but see people that are hurting and be like, Yes, I can. He said, yes, I can. 
Because what the enemy has tried to do is take your mind. Because your body has been sick, your mind is now sick. Or your mind is sick and now it's made your body sick because of what you believe. And he said, I want to heal you. And you have anxiety. And he says, I want to take that from you. Because I told you to be anxious for nothing. Because I am with you. Be anxious for nothing. When you see your babies are dying and going to hell, don't be anxious for them. Because I died for them. And I'm going to save them. Let them run. Because when they see that Jesus in you, it's only a matter of time. So mamas and daddies, live it in front of them. Live it in front of them. Because they can't run far. When it's in the home, and when it's going on right in front of them, they can't run too long. And he says, someone in here, you're so sick. There's like a sadness. There's like a darkness that you feel like there's a cloud over you. Right? Somebody's broken your heart and you're like, I'm never going to have this. I'm never going to have a normal life. It's always going to be broken. And Jesus said, no, it's not. I came to set you free of yourself. Because what you're telling yourself is a lie from the enemy. He said, I came to save you. And then I came to heal your mind. I came to heal your mind of what you're believing about yourself. Because you are beautiful. And you can be loved and you will be loved. Because I love you first. I love you first. I
Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.